After two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private racetrack where we could pretend things were normal just for a brief moment in time. And then Taka Nakagami fell on the first lap. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. intro we thought the last one was bad it's like they're getting more painful and at like multiple levels here. look by like, the that time was... this episode comes out we'll have forgotten about kim kardashian's stupid tweet and I... then it'll be cool again Unless, some, un, un, unless someone tests positive, then we won't be able to forget because it'll oh lord because number one uh by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be like Monday or Tuesday, so it's not like we're going to be probably. that separated. Oh yeah, uh, and also we don't have Valentina Rossi again this weekend. Yeah, that 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 was also true. And uh, the crazy, the funny, and the most terrifying thing about this is is that like, if that actually happened, like Kim Kardashian's family tested positive, would be like wouldn't even crack the top fifty for stupid things to come out of twenty twenty. Like, like it's 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 a hot year this year, folks. It's a hot year. Um, hi guys, I'm Dre Harrison. By the way, welcome to episode two seventy six of Motorsport One Hundred and One. It's the third episode we've all recorded tonight. We're all tired. We're all hangry, and uh, we, we want to get through some MotoGP stuff and we're talking about the uh, second Grand Prix in Aragon the Terrell Grand Prix um, as god we're almost you're getting into the business end of the MotoGP season already this is god the fourth to last race before we get into it and the, the title to title battle took yet another dramatic turn um, because wait that's Takanekagami's music oh wait Takanekagami's crashed god damn it um it, it it was a dramatic one to say the least and it made us sad uh, and it woke King up apparently when it happened for real on Sunday morning when he was tuning up for the MotoGP race it was uh, it was an interesting time to say the least but with me uh, is RJ O'Connell again hello RJ hello filling in for uh, for an absent Cam Buckley who is um, uh, I guess continuing to celebrate with uh, with hamburgers more victory cigars. I know, but thank goodness you got me at least. Isn't that right, King? Yep. Oh, Lord. Uh, just glad to be here. Uh, ooh. At least, at least uh, that that scare last week about KTM going back to normal KTM was just just for that weekend. That's that's good. It was a one-off. It was a... It was a one-off, as we'll get to in the race itself. Uh, thankfully, it was just a hiatus, you know. Look, someone tell King there isn't a drop round this year. But um, <laughs> but we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, we'll get into all of the action in MotoGP. As Frankie said, relax again. To, again. As our, just our second repeat winner of the entire season. We're 11 <sighs> races in now. And uh, this is only the second time this year we've had a repeat winner, which is crazy. The streak is over, but uh, we got we got some we got some drama with Frankie up the front again. Um, we'll also get into the jumbled up order of the midfield once again, a possible title ender for one Andrea Davizioso. 
And uh, we'll talk about the junior classes as well, Moto 2 and Moto 3, as Sam Lowe's has taken off and put, and decided to turn his screw for the title uh, challenge between him and Bastianini. And we'll also talk about Moto 3, as Jal Messia went back-to-back -back on that one as well. All sorts of carnage there. It's a Moto 3 race, what do you expect? Um, it's all sorts of, of, of drama there, but we'll get into all of that in this uh, speed round edition of Motorsport 101. But places you can find us real quick in the interim are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. If you're watching us right now, hi. Uh, if you're not, um, again, um, find us on there, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Feel free to subscribe for full editions of the podcast on video as you do. Um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Uh, we're on Twitter. Our handles are on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube right now. If not, uh, they're in the link down below, um, as well as at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric. King, uh, Cam is not with us right now. He's recovering from the, all the from all the Hennessy um, <laughs> from the last two episodes. It, it, it was a rough time. Um, on top of that, if uh, you'd really like us to get back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of the audio versions of the show. We upgrade to 10 for the video version and the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. We've actually got a bigger attendance for this episode than we had for the last one. I don't know how that works at 10pm at night in the UK, but here we are. Uh, doesn't make any sense, but uh, we're here for it. Now, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Much appreciated. It's Motorsport uh, 101 yeah. after dark. After dark. It, it, it's it's post-watershed, uh, which doesn't make any difference to me because it's normally post-watershed when I record a show in here uh, on UK time. Even though we've, the clocks have gone back for us for, uh, by an hour, it's still 10 past 10 here. Um, but hey, we'll, we'll, we'll survive. Um, um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get in to the Terrell Grand Prix. <laughs> To rule Grand Prix, fun times in Aragon again! Aragon! And a dominant victory for Patronus SRT Yamaha's Franco Morbidelli, who took the lead after pole sitter and pre-race favorite Takaki Nakagami crashed on the opening lap. He said he had to succumb to the pressure of suddenly being the odds-on favorite to win for the first time. And also, Brad Bill Binder and Jack Miller crashed right behind him, and neither were too pleased with one another. While Morbidelli cruised to a near lights-to-flag victory, the second of his season, making him one of the few repeat winners we've had all year, the two Suzuki's about sprints and championship leader Johan Mir collected yet another double podium finish. Fabio Cordararo and Miguel Oliveira beat each other up like a World Star compilation video behind them, and all El Diablo could do was minimize the damage, finishing an eighth. While Oliveira and Paula Spargro salvaged some of KTM's missing dignity with finishes of 6th and 4th, <laughs> between Johan Zarco, somehow the highest finishing Ducati rider in 5th, with Andre Davizioso in no man's land in 13th. Of course, Honda's heartache didn't end with Nakagami's crash. With 10 laps to go, Alex Marquez was in for a surefire podium, and then he put it on the floor. So the end result, Mir now leads Cordero by 14 points, Yamas is 19 points back, and now Morvidelli rockets into the top four, 25 points back. Davizioso is now 28 points behind Mir, and Alex Rins is now 32 points back and sits, despite all of his early season injuries. So, Dre, you said this wasn't a very exciting race, but there are a whole lot of championship implications, registered trademark, that come of this. Right, right. Like, 
for MotoGP standards, and don't get me wrong, those standards are incredibly high by this sport standards. This one was a bit tame, unfortunately. And it's the nature of doubleheaders. I think that's been a bit of the pattern this year with doubleheaders at the same race. The the, the amount of data these teams get with the amount of running they've gotten. Everybody's that little bit quicker. Everybody finds a little bit more in terms of margin. And there's just less unpredictability when you were able to run a race at the same time, second time round. And um, props, big props to not just Frankie Morbidelli, but his crew chief. We forget it's Ramon Forcada running that team. You know, the crew chief that Maverick sacked last year. Um, that, that was able to find the extra pace that seemingly SRT was lacking because... Frankie dominated this race, led by turn two, and one pretty much lights the flag, uh, while Fabio slipped down the order and couldn't find anything on the on the feel of the bike, and that's been the running theme of of, oh, yeah. of of Fabio since apparently he got to Aragon. But the crazy observation, despite the streak being over and Frankie Morbidelli within his second Grand Prix of the year, SRT Yamaha has won a, like five out of the eleven Grand Prix this season. And yet, neither of them lead the championship. <laughs> it's right. it's amazing it's, how this turns out. It's all swung Suzuki's way because not only has Yoan Mir been Mister Consistency leading the championship without having won a race, but as I talked about, Alex Rins isn't too far out of this. I know there are three races left, and realistically, you think maybe a title is just out of reach. Maybe he's too hard at the start of the year to make a push, but. He's going to be in contention for a top three spot, I have a feeling, if he keeps going like this. The the, the way you worded it, I think, is spot on. It is realistically a six-horse race. There's still 75 points on the table with three to go. That top six is now pretty much going to be your championship six. And it says a lot about the state of this season. Let's not forget, it's been dramatically shortened. We were originally looking at 20 Grand Prix this season. We're only going to end up with 14. Um, and Rins, who busted his shoulder up the first round of the year, missed the opening weekend, has actually got an outside chance of the championship purely because he finished first and second it's at wild. Aragon, these two races. It's could wild. you imagine if these bikes could qualify, these Suzuki bikes could qualify well consistently? It'd be over. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cancel Rins Christmas. was on the front row. Well, that's a, that's a, there is something there because Rins qualified on the front row. It was Mir that qualified down in 13th place. And Mir is now so consistent, he can go from 13th to 3rd and we don't even blink an eyelid anymore. We just, we just expect it from Mir. And it's like, oh, look, there's Mir coming through again. Second half of the race. There he is. And there's Mir on the podium again. There you go. Good, good points. And the championship looking solid. And now he's 14 points clear with three to go. And it... it we said back at Misano that Mir looked like he was going to be a problem, and he is that problem now. He is so, the most consistent problem. man in the field, and we've got we've got the highly technical Valencia coming up next, and mm-hmm. it 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 could go both ways for it me really could. personally, because like Valencia is a track where you tend to win lights to flag. Um, There's not a lot of overtaking. It's a very hard track to pass on. There's a lot of one-line corners. Um, There's not an awful lot of heavy braking zones where you can really do a number on somebody. So whoever qualifies at the front has got a really good chance of winning the race. And Suzuki have not been the best qualifiers this year. Absolutely not. 
it kind of throws it back in Fabio's favour, at least in my opinion. If they can get the setup right in Valencia, Fabio could. Maybe Maverick as well, who again is still deep in that championship yeah. six. Maverick's not um, entirely out of this either. Yeah, like I said, Yamaha's won six of eleven. They they've got the bike that's got them. I'd argue the biggest potential winning formula. They've won over half the Grand Prix this season, and yet no one's been able to put a consistent patch together for them on that same brand, and that's been the concern for me going forward and and whatnot. So I I I, I think it, I think it's hard to say. Go, I mean, it's never been this unpredictable before. We're three races out, and I still have no idea who's going to win this championship. It's it's gonna go. Like Toby Moody said after the opening round, after Marquez hurt himself, he said he thinks this championship will go down to the final race and the final lap, and he might be right. I think he's got a very real possibility of being right here. Love to see it. I know you would too, King. I know KTM has fallen out of the picture, but that's got to be a real encouraging result to have them back up in the top six. Pull forth. Zarco just held Oliveira off of the line. By the way, like, Oliveira and Corderaro throwing, like, hammer blows at each other all race long. Good entertainment. Good fucking entertainment. It was, it was a solid, it was a solid race. Obviously, not as exciting at the front as we'd like it to be. Kind of somewhat falling into, like, a Formula One type race. But for the most part, <laughs> it, it was very enjoyable to watch in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's the sort of race that won't age well, but as King alluded to and as RJ alluded to, yeah, if you're going to watch one part of this race, the Oliveira Quattararo fight was the best one on track all the way through. They were very evenly matched. And another endorsement for the state of the series, two guys, two styles, two very different characteristics of bike coming into play because Miguel Oliveira had the top speed advantage but Quattararo was so much better on the break-in, where he was able to shut the door on Miggy time and time again until finally KTM was able to take advantage of that. They can take that final corner with a tighter line, and that's what forced um, Oliveira through in the end, and that's what led to KTM getting up the field you know, by the end of the race itself and um, basically finishing in the top six. It's... Uh, whew! Whew, it's uh, it's 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 a thing. It, it is certainly a thing. And uh, is, is is anybody else here still trying to figure out how Johan Zarco finished in the top five? Because um, anyone? I mean, King, help me out here. You, you, you used to like him. Um, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> he's really good. The bike's not trash anymore. I'm just thinking they're like, damn, Andre Davizioso's fallen into the ravine. It's sad. He he said he set off the qualifying when he qualified in seventeenth place for this. Seventeenth. He, he said championships over. He said I've got no chance of the title, which is amazing when you consider he's still one race out. And this this was after finishing thirteenth. You know, um, I mean, it's, it's losing not... momentum, and apparently, and mm. you've mentioned that like this is a technical track and. Ducati is not the most technical bike. It is more of a sledgehammer as opposed to it a is. scalpel. It is. It is. It, it, it hits tracks hard. You know, it's a blunderbuss. Um, big top end, big acceleration. 
um, but hard to steer, hard to manoeuvre. Um, it will give you arm pump. You need to be very physically fit to be able to ride a Ducati for a 45-minute MotoGP race. Um, and Dovi's good rounds are over, as far as I'm concerned. Um, these are all... Te- like, Valencia and Portimao, what's left are highly technical circuits... The blessing for Ducati is that they still have the front straight of Portimao, which is very long by biking standards. So he should he should be able to still pick a few dudes off down there. I mean, they were still hitting two hundred and seventeen speed traps down the back straight at Aragon, but so which is for for MotoGP Portimao. Oh god, I was hyped for it in motors and Formula One. I'm probably more hyped for it in motorcycles. Oh god, yeah, it's going to be even better if you like the production value of Formula One didn't really, in my opinion, highlight like just how awesome Portimao's track is. Um, I think it played down a lot of the undulations and whatnot. It's going to be crazy in bike form. I mean, if anyone's seen World Superbikes um, races around there, like the production is off the charts. It, it really highlights just how crazy this track is. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, shame we got to wait another month for it, basically, for the, for the MotoGP season finale there. And it's going to be interesting we've seen it on a brand new surface because they, they did just resurface it for the Formula One race we just had yeah. this past weekend. So that's going to, it's going to be even more blind um, for these MotoGP runners than what we had before. But it's, 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 it's going to be crazy. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. But we got to get through Ooh. Valencia first. Do we have any other observations, uh, thoughts, feelings, queries, questions from the main event? No, Um, not really. Like, for the most part, like, I personally, I think this is probably going to be Alex Marquez's best shot at a win up all year, and it's gone. so bad for Taka and Alex, man. I felt bad for them both. Because this was was Taka's weekend. And it's over on the first lap. First time a Japanese man had qualified on pole in MotoGP since Makoto Tamada back in the days of the Camel Honda in 2004. And that was the last time we had a Japanese man win a Grand Prix as well that same season, 2004. It was the first Japanese pole sitter since then. Um, everybody was delighted because everyone's kind of low-key realized just what a great season Taka had put together. Only man to have finished every race in the field this year. Every race finish had been in the top 10. Um, the, he'd been fantastic pretty much all year long and he, he bins it. Turn four um, on the opening lap from the from the lead, he was able to get the whole shot back off Morbidelli and take the lead early on, but then just dropped the front. It was a very peculiar front drop out on the outside of the curb going into turn four, and his day was done. And you could see he was utterly dejected. He knew this was a, a golden chance of a first win, um, and. Bless him. He, he spoke to the media. He, he he didn't hold back at all. He he took full accountability for it. Said, "Look, I, you, how many times have you ever heard an elite sportsman say I cracked under the pressure?'" <laughs> it, it was uh, it was refreshingly honest from Tacker. He just said, "Look." I've never been here before. <laughs> I just cracked. It's as simple as that. He cracked under the pressure, just made an uncharacteristic mistake on the break, and then down he went. He just he, he, he took full blame for it. He apologized profusely to his team. 
and um, Lucio gave him a big pat on the back and a hug and said, look, it's all right, man, it happens, basically. And I'm glad yeah. they did because Tack has been phenomenal for them this year. And... I, I agree. I hope this wasn't like the last chance that we see Nakagami contention for a win. Although with the improvements that Honda have made to their bikes in recent races, mm. I, I, I feel more optimistic yeah, for him I... and Alex Marquez. Yeah, it feels like in the long term, a year without Mark Marquez might be good for Honda. Wow. Because it forces yeah. them to actually it, develop their bike in a way that the bike is good. Right. Exactly. There, there, there's some, like, maybe, the, yeah, that's probably the blessing in disguise in this situation, because look what it's done. It's made Tucker competitive pretty much all year long. You know, Alex Marquez, it's taken them a little bit of time to get used to it, but, you know, he's had the last three races now where he's been in the top five and challenging for the win on multiple occasions. There's some hope in the Honda camp, which is something that you would never have thought of back in March when when Marquez was on an operating table. The big Marquez, the older brother. Um, that uh, now, now we're seeing his younger brother ch- challenge for wins. This was what we were all kind of hoping for here, um, and, it, and it's and it's happened at last. But um, yeah, the Honda is definitely taking a step in the right direction, even if Alex might have regressed a little bit back to the mean because that was an, un- an unfortunate crash at turn two. It was, and we talked about it on last week's show how it was the the running pattern of the Moto Two races where we just had. Um, two two big incidents at turn two, just just tucking the front on the bump at turn two, and down he goes, and that's exactly what happened with Alex Marquez. Um, very similar to the to the Binder incident as well with Binder and um and uh, Jack Miller as well at turn two, just stood the bike up and just another guy there. It was one of those things, but uh, unfortunate, but um. Thankfully, uh, you know, no harm done, and hopefully, just pride dented a little bit more than anything else. Hopefully, a shame, but uh, yeah, that that pretty much takes most of the bite out of the MotoGP action. Um, we'll get into the other lightweight classes a little bit. We'll, we'll go. This is going to be a bit of a speed round because there really wasn't anything to report from Moto Two. Not even in um, Moto Three. Look, Moto3 was, just like last week's Moto3 race, absolute carnage. Go out of your way to watch it. Um, We will never be able to do it justice, even in highlight form. Um, And if you're in the UK or use a VPN, like MotoGP's Twitter account on BT Sport. Actually, actually, no, take that back. The actual MotoGP account did put the final lap and a half up on um, its Twitter for free. So if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to see it. There's no excuse. It's on there for nothing. Um, Cheers, Lewis. Much appreciated. Good work. Um, Good work. They were able to negotiate getting three and a half minutes of the race for free on Twitter, but uh, we stand. Um, That was a great one. But yeah, in Moto2, very very comfortable win for Sam Lowe's in the end. Just uh, took the lead. Slow is fast. We were making all these jokes about how his name would look on the new graphics, about how it would look like the word slow, because we didn't think Lowe's would be all that competitive, and he has absolutely destroyed the field in in Aragon, and is looking like he's the favourite for the championship now. Do you know how weird this is? (laughs) He won this race by eight and a half seconds! Eight and a half. And average Antonio, Bastianini in third, and now Sam Lowe's has mm-hmm. the points lead. 
first time a Brit has won three in a row in the intermediate class since Phil Reed, I think in 1971. Um, wow. it is, uh, so a Brit being this good in the middle class is a rare thing, everybody. Um, yeah. Sam Lowe's is, is Bookie's favorite to win the Moto2 championship now. It is, uh, it's something that I never thought I would see or say, but um, the man's getting it together. Mark VDS are a great outfit. We, f- I think people would have forgotten just how good a Moto Two outfit they are as well. In that, you know, they they will they've got more than enough resources to be a top tier team. They've they, they've just not had the the front runner as a rider to get up there, and they have. And as RJ alluded to, seven point lead in the championship now. Luca Marini is now. 23 points back um mostly because the you could only ma- you could only finish 11th um in that race he was 25 seconds off the win just generally not competitive um in general as RJ alluded to Lowe's DG uh, Bastianini Garden and Navarro top five on that one for those guys with the other British interest Jake Dixon was up there as well he was in seventh not bad day for how did him. my boy Joe Roberts finish uh 10th in the end so you know, right. that's not fine. fine i'll take it i'll take it i'll well, take it king top, king, we'll top take 10's it. fine um top 10's fine on that one <laughs> top eight in moto three covered by 0.7 of a second are you really <laughs> surprised at this point that's tame by moto three standards like get more guys in the front group already for god's sake um it, it was yet another moto three beat up session the like Show anyone that's not a Moto3 watcher that final lap and tell them to guess who they think wins the race and see if they get it wrong. They probably will. It they was, will it likely was, get uh, it wrong. They will most likely will. It was an absolute chaos, chaotic final lap. Jao Messia took the front at the end. It was it was really a big group of four or five by the end because McPhee probably tried a couple of over-aggressive overtakes on the final lap. But it was it's it's funny. Albert Arenas was leading the race into the final corner and he came out of it fourth. Like that's <laughs> that is how bonkers Moto 3 is. It was Jao Messia that uh that that Honda under acceleration and under slipstream is a is a weapon, I'll tell you. Um he came out of the final corner in front. He took back-to-back wins at Aragon by half attempt over Ayumu Sasaki for the Tech 3, his first ever podium in Grand Prix motorcycle races. And congratulations mm-hmm. to him. If you follow Simon Patterson on Twitter, there was a couple of great, just ridiculously humble shots. He was so happy. And so much so, I think he took the number two sign from Park Ferme and took it all the way up to the podium with him. Ooh. He was so happy. Aww. He got that second place. He took the two sign with him. It was like Sebastian Vettel in Canada all over again. Well, I was like, this is my podium. I'm taking this with me. <laughs> Basically, it was it was it was lovely. Uh so he was second ahead of Kaito Toba in third. Albert Arenas has mentioned the championship leader fourth. Celestin Vietti fifth. McPhee, the other main title contender in sixth. Ayagura was able to salvage ninth. On the final yeah. lap, after after being caught in the lower end of the points for the majority of the race, but you can kind of tell in the form he's in, his moto his moto free championship campaign is starting to fall on the back burner a little bit. Arenas is pushing the gap back out. It's a nineteen point lead for him Save now. Until next year, I suppose. Yeah, well, Agura's moving up to Moto Two apparently, so um, you know it almost doesn't matter for him at yeah. this point. But well, for John, he's up to go up as 
Yeah, McPhee's probably out of it now. Arenas is on 157. He's on a 19-point lead on Ayagura on 138. Fietti one point back on 137. And then Jal with those two wins, maybe back in the race now, only 24 behind in fourth with Arbolino, who, as mentioned, had to self-isolate uh, the last race. He had to come back. He was kind of raw on this one. He was, he was down in 10th on the occasion, so he's dropped to fifth now on 121 points. Um, and McPhee on 119 to round off the top six. Go watch the Moto3 race. Stick around for the MotoGP if you if you if you if you're bored. Um, it, yeah. it wasn't you know the most incredible or captivating race in the world, unfortunately. By MotoGP standards, it was still a good a good race in real time. It's just we're so spoiled. We really <laughs> on, on, on high quality racing on two wheels at the moment that. Uh, it's in, it's in, it's it's almost we get like the first Aragon round. We get the Styrian Grand Prix. We get bangers yeah. like this all season. So this just felt really tame by comparison. It's a coffee break. It's a coffee break. We get a week off. We'll be back refreshed for Valencia next weekend. You know, but it's not a Gran Turismo Four coffee break. That one just makes you want to smash your DualShock Two controller over oh. your cabinet. Oh lord, that's true. That is definitely true. Um, on that one, and uh, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for that. I, I don't envy Jimmy Broadbent who's going through those license tests right now on on on, on YouTube and Twitch. Oh boy, uh, don't envy him there. Good luck to you on that one, Jimmy. You're gonna need. Great, it. Um, we got some. Uh, <laughs> we got some late season uh, rider swapping. We have an we? esports guy. Oh yes, getting into yes. MotoGP. King, your man's from the F1 esports series. Lorenzo Savadori is filling in at Aprilia for the last three races. Um, what the hell, Aprilia? Um. I thought what it was are we doing he, here? I thought his guy was Ian Poulter, just for showing <laughs> off his opulence on his webcam <laughs> from the esports series. Oh, good times. Uh, good times. Those early lockdown days, I tell you. But, um, uh, yeah, it, this is this is actually true. And it's it's kind of sad because Bradley Smith has gone about his business quite well on the mm-hmm. second, the prettier, pretty yeah. much all year long. Everybody and they probably look good this weekend. Alicia Spagro yeah. look good. Ran as high as ninth, then his bike failed three laps from the finish. It's a shame. It's a shame. But yeah, Savadori apparently has been killing it in Italian superbikes this year. Right. So they gave him that, and they told Bradley Smith, your services are no longer needed, which is a shame for Bradley, but interested to see how Savadori goes on a Grand Prix bike. I guess it, it's it's been a long time coming. He's floated around a lot of the big series of worlds with all superbikes, and he's gone back to the domestic series, and now he's going into MotoGP and no longer playing Formula One twenty twenty on a controller. Um, it's it's an improvement if I if I do say so myself. But uh, it is a shame for Bradley. He's been very loyal to the Aprilia outfit, and you know he's stomached a lot of of um, criticism for basically just being behind the scenes and whatnot. And he's always been keen to ride. He wants to be in the series full-time. I still think he's good enough to be in the series full-time, but that might be the end of the road for top-tier opportunities for Bradley Smith because the, the field is getting younger. It's getting more and more talented. More people are taking punts on Moto2 talent than ever. 
And uh, that's a shame, especially with, what, what are you going to stand to gain with Savadori with three rounds to go in the season? I, I, I just find it. It's a very... Uh, me and a lot of the other MotoGP press guys look at that. I was going, like, they what? Like, what, why is he... Why are they doing this now? Um, the timing is very strange. Um, we are still waiting, by the way, for Andrea Rianoni's case from the CES to come out. Now, apparently we're not going to hear the verdict until the middle of November. Which just makes it even weirder for the guys in line waiting for that seat as well, by the way. Okay, so, uh, what's coming out first? Iannone's verdict or the Keanu Reeves game? I don't know. Honestly, at this point, it's a close or race. Or Gran Turismo 7. <laughs> it's still a close race. Um, or the <laughs> Jaden Sancho transfer. It's still a really close race. It could be any time in 2024. Um... <laughs> Because I, I honestly don't know. Like, it's amazing they did the two CAS hearings for Ian Oni's case, and then they came out. I was like, okay, we've done everything. Come back in three weeks' time, and we'll tell you what our verdict is. <laughs> it's literally like CD Projekt Brands, just like, hey, come back in three weeks. We still got some work to do. Yeah, it's exactly like that, and hopefully there's no crunch in the office, in both offices, I should say, in this case. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, we still, we're still waiting on that one. We're going to find out middle of November when, again, people are sweating because the, the future of that team is at stake. We don't know what's happening with that. They, they want to sign Dovi. Crutchlow's got an agreement in place already. Yeah. They want to keep Ianoni ideally, first and foremost, but again, we just don't know what's going to happen with that case, which is a pain. Uh, I hope I wish Bradley Smith the very best. I hope we hope he falls on his feet somewhere. He's a good rider. Maybe someone in World Superbikes can take a look at him. Um, oh, yeah. That might be that. that might be a good spot for him. He might that might be a good fall up spot for him. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, that will just about do it. And I think yeah. what might be the smallest M101 episode we've ever done. I can't remember even then our earliest, earliest days a show being Quick. as small as let's as let's riff for minutes. fifteen more minutes. No, 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 we're good, we're good. We're good, we're good. We've got races to look forward to. We're getting the hell out of here. Tell us where you can find us. Um, yeah, yeah, we can find us at youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, our handles are on screen, um, we're on Instagram at motorsport101pod, and of course you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, $5 gets you early access to all the audio versions of the shows, $10 for the video versions as well, as a supporters club entry to this Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded, thanks to everyone that's tuned in we've been going since uh 6 p.m uh british standard time right now it is now 10 40 yeah. so we've been here for nearly five hours already in total so thanks to everyone that's tuned in and listened in um it's been a slog but uh hopefully you like your con your podcast condensed and uh punchy this time around even though we still went 40 to 50 minutes on all of them but hey who cares um more content what's not to what's not to love um, sorry, King in the editing booth there. Bad luck. Uh, <laughs> but until next time, I've been Dre Harrison, David RJ O'Connell, and Ryan Eric King. We'll be back next week to talk about, gosh, we've got Formula One at Imola. I said next weekend. That's, that'll be fun. Hopefully. Please be good, Imola. Please. I love you. I love you as a track. Please be good. It probably won't be. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Like Maybe it rains or something. I don't know. That, that could be fun, I suppose. Who knows? You know. But until then, like I said, I've been Dre. That's been RJ. That's been King. Thank you very much for listening and watching. We'll catch you guys next time.
Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. Uh, I, uh, I actually went nearly five hours without mentioning the Dodgers won the World Series. Oh god! Yeah. Oh god! And what did it? And what did it cost you? Everything. Nothing. <laughs> two oh, weeks in a two weeks in a two star hotel you're, under quarantine. Oh, you're lucky, Cam is here the, right now. <laughs> oh, you can't it, see it, but I'm I'm doing the spanking Mookie celebration as payroll we speak. Payroll flexibility. Right. Payroll flexibility. Payroll flexibility. Also, I love the irony of everybody ripping on Kevin Cash right now while the Dodgers win, taking moves out of the Kevin Cash playbook with their bullpen.